All right, everyone. Hope you brought your geek because it's time to get it on. Happy Valentine's Day, Iron Will and Kahuna. This is Tilburn calling from the beautiful Chesapeake Bay. And I try because with my physically challenged body, if I did any one sport for more than a week, I'd jack my body so bad I couldn't get out of bed for a month. So with a little bit of mambo training that triathlon requires, a little of this and a little of that, it means that I can actually finish the sprint triathlon. And this, this season, I'm training for an Olympic. Who'd have thunk it? Love you guys. Bye. Hello, Triathlon World. This is Robo Stu, the Android training partner of the great Kahuna. I try because every time I cross the finish line, it's proof that a healthy dose of determination, dedication, and willpower can overcome a lack of natural athletic ability. That, and I like the way it makes me look naked. Aloha triathletes, welcome to podcast number five of Get Your Geek On, the show designed to get you all geeked up about the sport of triathlon. Whether you're someone who's just thinking about doing your first sprint triathlon or you're an Ironman veteran. That's right, so if you're willing to sacrifice for something that's greater than you, then you've come to the right place. This is the TriGeek Kahuna and I'm broadcasting from the TriGeek Dreams Labs in the OC. And this is Iron Will coming to you just outside of Chi-Town, USA. And, uh, Will, you got, you got some snow coming down there? Oh, my gosh, yeah. I can't believe it. It was just kind of raining and everything for the longest time. And then today we had these big, giant marshmallow snowflakes falling. It was actually kind of pretty, but um, I don't think it's going to stay around, so that's a good thing. Now, did you get that northeasterner that went through the east coast or not? You don't get that? Um, no, if it's already in the east coast, it's usually pretty much past us, because I think weather goes from, like, um, west to east. So. Oh, really? Yeah, I don't think we get, it doesn't <laughs> go the other way, so. I thought maybe it came down from the north or something, um, <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, for the winter storms. Anyway, um, well, I it was, know. I, I got back from my, I did a, did a, a three-hour swim slash bike ride today, and it was, and I'm not doing this to rub it in, but it was it had to be like 75, 76 uh, degrees out there, and it was man. I was sweating like crazy. It was such a nice day here, and the, I rode down to um, Laguna Beach and watched. Uh, the, you know they have they, they have a really cool main beach where it's, there's a boardwalk, and then it's it's it's, a, it's like a kind of a cove type deal, and there there are people playing volleyball and basketball, and you know. Bikinis galore, and I didn't see the bikinis, but um, yeah, of course you didn't. Know there were uh, there were um, <laughs> some really hot guys there. Um, but anyway, it was a great, great day. What what, uh, what did you do this weekend, by the way? Um, I had Saturday seemed to be my like brick workout days, is the way it's looking with these new training plans. So yesterday I had um, about an hour swim and then a seventy minute uh, time trial run. So. That was kind of fun. And today, um, I was kind of uh, kind of a big loser. Um, I, so I had so much going on today. We had we did our like Valentine's thing yesterday, or well, last night actually. And um, my husband took me to this uh, restaurant, but he wouldn't tell me where we were going. So it was really cool. We went to the seafood place, and um, it was actually decent. Because most seafood is horrible, um, you know, being in the Midwest and everything. But this place is a new place. It's actually really good. Um, and uh, yes, yeah, so we just kind of got around to liking seafood just because it's been so gross for the longest time. Ah, 
<laughs> so I had mahi mahi. That was pretty good. And what did Mr. Uh, Mr. Ironwell give you for Valentine's Day that you could talk about? Oh, I got some awesome stuff that I could talk about. <laughs> that yes. yes. <laughs> um, I got. Um, he got me thirteen because I'm all. I'm like weird. I like the number thirteen and three and all that stuff. But uh, he got me thirteen um, lipstick roses. Those are my favorite kind. If people don't know what they are, they're like the actually yellow roses with red edges and I like them because they look like fire so I don't know they're just cool so he got me 13 of those and um, some comfy jammies because I just like I like really soft stuff and uh, then he got me some not so comfy jammies if you know what I mean <laughs> well, I don't know I don't know explain that to me <laughs> okay so if you don't know um, I'm not going to tell you <laughs> Now, did you get him a, a speedo or anything to, to match your uncomfortable? No, he's not. He's not into all that stuff. So, <laughs> and I, guess, I guess it shouldn't matter. It should be what I'm into. But you know. <laughs> wow, that was good. Well, the the other thing I did this weekend was I went to um, my friend. This is so depressing when your friends turn fifty. But my friend turned fifty, and uh, as a surprise, his wife brought him down to my house. He lives about an hour away, and we went surfing down in um, San Onofre. And uh, so I counted that as my swim workout, and uh, it was really, really a nice day. You know, there was just the water was very, very. I mean, it was nice waves, but the water was was uh, was smooth, glassy, and it was just we we just surfed until we we got too cold actually, to, and we had to get out of the water. So it was a, it was a great wow. day. It was a, it was a very good weekend. See, surfing, I so have to go. you got to take me down there. I have a friend. One of my best friends lives in San Diego, and uh, she's. Um, I just, we're going to have to, like, make a trip out there and, and uh, go see what surfing is all about. So, Letty, if you're listening, we're coming out next year. I'm going to go surfing with Kahuna. So. <laughs> yeah, let's go. Are you, gonna, are you worried about the jellyfish biting you or anything? E- you or know what? Or swallowing you up? Or is that, yeah, eating you. <laughs> I gotta send you this picture of this freaking enormous, gigantic jellyfish, and you'll see what I'm talking about then, and you won't be making fun of me anymore. <laughs> it's like bigger than a, it's like twice the size of a man. Is it a it's, squid? No, it's a jellyfish. It's like they just discovered these new gigantic <laughs> jellyfish outside. I'm not kidding. They're like outside of the coast of Japan or something, and they're freaking enormous. They're like the size of a Buick. I'm not kidding. Uh huh. Uh huh. Okay. So okay, okay. You watch. I'm gonna send it to you. I'm gonna post it, and the whole world is gonna be like, "Damn, my guess there are jellyfish out there that could eat you." <laughs> You'll see. Oh my gosh. Um. Okay, we've got a great show. It's show number five. We've got a great show. We got a um. What do we have? We, we have a we have a great surprise a triathlete. We're gonna talk to a fellow um, podcaster, and actually the one of the podfathers of triathlon um, <laughs> podcasts. Um, simply stew, and uh, what else do we have? We have we have your coach's corner, right? What, what do you talk about with your coach? Um, this, you know what? This is really going to be an, an interesting one, I think, because everybody. Well, Robo gave me his cold, and you kind of sound like you've got a stuffy nose. So I don't want to know how he gave you his cold. <laughs> <laughs> so you sound like you've got something going on. And then, like, all these people have this stuff. And so the conversation, you know, do you train, do you not train? And um, so we're going to talk about that and find out the answer to that once and for all. And uh, also what some of the most common injuries are for endurance sport and uh, how to recognize them and how to prevent them. So Excellent. And then we have another um, triathlete chapter, and this this is a international uh, chapter. Mm-hmm. Yes, this is um, a gentleman from the United Kingdom who has 
the most dreamy accent, so cannot wait for this oh, one. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> Any- you know who else? You know who else has an accent, Kuna? Who? Jason Statham. You don't know who that is, do you? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> you, you didn't happen to see the cover of a Men's Health magazine or anything, did you? Um, why don't you explain to our vast <laughs> audience what what you're talking about, and you're embarrassing me. Oh, Karuna is too modest. Uh, yeah, um, yeah. in case anybody doesn't know the actor, Jason uh, Statham, he was in, what was he in, um, The Italian Job, and uh, what was that other one he was in? He was in Transporter. Transporter 2. Yeah. Oh yeah, because you do know who he is. I, I, guess. I think he was up for Academy Award for Transporter too, actually. But uh. oh, okay. Well, he <laughs> he's just ridiculously hot, and he's uh, he's an action action hero. And who do you think um, happens to be on the cover of Men's Health magazine? So I'm walking by, and I'm like, who? What, how did Kahuna get a cover shot on Men's Health magazine? Is your twin, which is really really weird to see. It is. Well, I'll tell, you, I'll tell you a funny short story. Is um, I teach at uh, the University of California, Irvine, um, and I have these these large classes, lecture classes, and right right in the middle of a class, uh, an attractive young coed raises her hand and says, "Have you ever seen the Transporter?" And this is I didn't know who the heck this guy was, and. Um, I'm like, no, but everybody giggles. You know, like the whole class are all giggling. And he, he he goes, well, I just want to tell you, I've just been looking at you, and you look exactly like the you know the um, the star of that movie. And he is he is so hot. <laughs> and uh, so the whole class just 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 broke down. I had to actually take a break because I was so embarrassed by the whole thing. <laughs> Uh, so that's how I got. Then I then I read a movie, and you know I thought the guy was pretty hot, and you know he uh, <laughs> he looks a little like me, so you know that's that's good. So oh man, well score, Mrs. Kuna. Yeah, she 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 loves it. So we we um actually you can look on my website <laughs> on uh, Saturday uh, the whatever it is the eleventh, uh, and I put some pictures up of me and of um, old Jason, and see if you could tell the difference between the two. So anyway, thanks for bringing that up, Will. <laughs> You know, I saw those pictures and I actually had a hard time. I, I had to like email you and say, well, "Which the hell person here are you?" Especially a couple of those they are really um, convincing. So. Yeah, from the right angle, um, and as long as I don't have my shirt off, uh, he's, uh, <laughs> we're dead ringers. But uh, anyway, um, are you ready for a surprise? Oh, by the way, we, we also we have in the show um, we we interview with my girlfriend. I mean, um, my uh, friend. <laughs> Melanie McQuaid, the world champion uh, Xterra triathlete, and then uh, we have everybody's favorite um, segment of our show, Tri Life Lessons um, oh. by Iron Will. <laughs> and we have, oh, by the way, Iron Will, we do have our uh, $10 penalty for the word awesome in place this show. Oh, great. So, okay. So it goes into the kitty, and I, I think cool should be like a $5. Um, Penalty. Oh come on! We're all- gonna have to have some substitute words. You can't pull out. <laughs> you gotta like, you, you gotta, you know, have a little tapering here. Okay, let's say awesome this time, and then cool next time, and then we, we'll figure out some new words. Um, but yeah, we're uh, gonna invent some new words. We okay. have to have something to substitute um, for uh, awesome, though. I know. We'll, we'll figure it out. I don't know. I don't know. Um, I, gotta- I feel like a. Com- 
complete skater dork if I say sweet. I don't know. I think it sounds fine when everybody else says it, but when I say it, I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. So sweet. I cannot. I can't. I can't do it. It won't come out of my mouth. So. Right. I'll talk to my teenage sons and get some, some new words. Okay. Um, <laughs> they, they use sick a lot. Um, sick? Sick. That's so sick. Um, oh, is that kind of like when we were in high school and we said bad and our parents were like, well, wait, is right. it bad or is it good? Now, sick probably hasn't made it to the Midwest, so maybe in a couple of years it'll oh, be. It'll be. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's, All right. let's enough chit-chat. Let's talk to um, Simply Stu, and he's uh, he's the, uh, let's, we'll see if he's home, first of all. Let's give him a ring here. I'm getting pretty good at these conference calls. It's <laughs> Fun. You say hi, okay? Okay. Hello. Hello. Is it Simply Stu of simplystew.org? Hey, how are you guys? <laughs> We're good. Hey, what's going on? Surprise! Oh. Surprise! <laughs> Holy cow! You got me. <laughs> oh man. Let's see what's going on. What's going on with you guys today? I haven't talked to you in a while. <laughs> We've all had wonderful days. Tell, hey, hey, tell us first of all. Tell us uh, our, our um, listeners would want to know how we hooked up. You, you just actually wrote us out of the blue, and you're kind of a legend. And we were like, "Whoa!" Simply, well, you know, I, I, I pretty much every day I do searches on the internet for new triathlon stuff, and specifically podcasts. So I saw you guys pop up, and I was so jazzed up, and. Um, listened to your first podcast and I fell in love probably about five minutes in and I've been hooked, you know, ever since. So it's it's awesome. I think you guys are on the fourth show now. Uh, it's just wickedly cool. I love it. Oh, wicked. That's the word we're using, Kahuna. All right, wicked, awesome. We can do wickedly wicked and wickedly cool. Yeah, when you say absolutely. when you say you fell in love in five minutes, was it with with Iron Will or was it just with the <laughs> show or with me or what which which was it? <laughs> Well, you know, for, I mean, in all honesty, it was, it was, you know, what I think it was cool is that, you know, there's other shows out there, but there's just like one person doing it. But you guys have this chemistry that's kind of, um, you just kind of fall in love with it right away. And, Aww. you know, you kind of go back Aww. and forth. And it's, it's cool. It's, it's cool. And I, I wouldn't just say that. I mean, it, it, it's very, very, very cool. And I love it. So. Oh, very, very cool. That's wicked. Baby, <laughs> all right. Well, simply Stu, and, and, and your website is simplystew.org. And yeah. um, why don't you tell the? Why don't you? Why don't you do a two-part question? One is, how did you get into triathlon? And then two would be, how did you get into podcasting? Okay. Uh, first one, um, it was really a buddy of mine, a really good friend when I was kind of growing up. He he was a great cyclist, and all of a sudden he started doing these things called triathlons and um, you know, I was a marathoner. I had done several marathons before. But the problem was, after I was done with the marathon, it was it was great, but he was so excited because he swam and he biked and he ran. So I thought I'd give it a shot, and I had this old, clunky, um, just <laughs> almost like a dirt bike, I swear. <laughs> and I, I did my first triathlon on that. And then I was hooked. I mean, it was just... I was floored. The second triathlon I did, I actually put arrow bars, <laughs> these green arrow bars, on my dirt bike. And then I went <laughs> oh, to the bike. 
Yeah, we're, we, I think we've all done that. And then I got you know, uh, Wait, wait, wait. I, I, I've never done that, by the way. But go ahead. Oh. Okay, well, some of us have. So, then I got to... You don't feel bad. Yeah, see? See? It's all good. It's all good. <laughs> so, you know, then I borrowed this, a buddy of mine's kind of old road bike. And then I was like, man, I can really rock and roll on this bike. And then, you know, I just kept upgrading bikes and until I have one now. And, boy, I tell you, I even look at my bike, and if I don't ride it for a day, I go and look at it and say, you know, it's all right. I'll get back <laughs> on so so <laughs> as far as podcasting is concerned, it was really, you know, a buddy of mine does one. And I'm a techno just geek. Um, I love toys. I love, you know, just gadgets and stuff. And I thought, you know, this is, this is right up my alley. I love to talk about triathlons. I love triathlons just in general. So I did it, and, you know, the first podcast I was hoping I didn't, you know, post it to the world or some other, you know, something went wrong. But everything's gone well, and, you know, I'm uh, 17 shows in, and uh, wow. it's great. I, You know, I just I love it. I, I know I keep saying that, but I truly just love, you know, the oh, whole sport wow. and stuff like that. So. That's how I'm in. the time? How do you find the time to do all this? Because, oh, I mean, as it is, because you and I are just kind of like, oh, my God, this is, give me, because it takes a big chunk of time, but it's probably because, you know, we're just getting started, too. But um, do you, does it take, like, a ridiculous amount of time to throw your stuff together? It really does, you know, with, with two kids and a wife and oh. training and, you know, a full-time job. I mean, I have a full-time job, and, um, you know, a lot of it's you put the kids to bed, you say goodnight to your wife, and then you come out in the, you know, the living room or go in the basement and, and work on the show, and, you mm-hmm. know, you just find five minutes here, ten minutes there, three hours here, and um, <laughs> it's hard, though, because you could be doing a bike ride, you know, maybe a bike for those three or four yeah. hours, but so, but it's it's worth it. I think I did the first show, and I had maybe two listeners, and, no. you know, you just keep getting more listeners, and they... They email you asking questions, and I think that's the greatest thing is when they email you questions and say, can you do this for me, and you get that mm-hmm. person on, or you, you know, um, you know, like your, your coach's corner is, is just ridiculously awesome, you know, because you listen to that and you say, oh, what a, oh, I've been so stupid all these months doing this, <laughs> when the coach says we should be doing that, and so I think that's great, too. It's, you do something good for the whole community. Uh, quick, quick question, and then I have a follow-up. Is, is, what do you do for a living, Stu? What do I do for a living? Oh, yeah. my goodness. I am a, uh, I'm a computer person. Oh, you are? Oh. Yep, yep. I'm, I'm in computers, and um, so this is kind of my life, and now my other life is also my life. So it's like this big computer gadget geek. 24 hours a day. <laughs> oh, that's good. Well, that's why I think, I think Will and, and I are the first... Uh, computer challenge people to put, yeah. put together through <laughs> sheer will um, the podcast. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I'm a computer geek, but oh. it, you know, I, it's totally it's kind of new because I'm really a Mac person. I love Mac, and you know, I have a oh, new Oh, yay, Sue! You rock already, Sue. Just for that yep. reason, we're both so, we're Mac too. Yep. So, and the Mac has made it a whole lot easier. Although, you know, my hard the, the, the my podcast is all hardware. I do very little. Almost none. In fact, I bought some new equipment. It's not going to be any computers at all, except for the final edit, which will make it a wow. lot easier. Wow. 
so you don't miss podcasts or something doesn't record or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've had that a few times. Throw that in there. I just throw that. Uh, yeah, we did a. So, the, wait for the listeners to. Uh, we did a whole podcast earlier today, and the Kahuna screwed up the recording, so we're re- we're recreating the uh, drama here. You know what's cool about it, and and this is why I think it's it's almost good that things like that happen is. You know, just like in life or in triathlon, things are going to go wrong, and you just have yep. to cover and get right back on the saddle, and that's what you did, and that's cool. We're at risk, though, because we're podcasting again at night, and we know what happened last time we podcasted at night with the fire over them. Yeah, you get a little goofy, and yeah, yeah. And, yeah, and I'm actually adding to the my bio ribbons is I've just had a um, bio ribbons. That's a cool. Bio ribbons. I've just had a little um, <laughs> little drink of tequila, so I'm I'm. Uh, oh oh <laughs> my god! It's real good now. It's real good. <laughs> oh, I am not responsible, ladies and gentlemen of the internet. <laughs> I am not responsible. For I'm the not. I'm not talk. drunk. I'm, I'm below. I could podcast below a point uh, oh eight. But um, uh, podcasting under the influence, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> um, PUI, is that what that is? Podcasting under the influence. PUI. I think. Yeah, I think so. Uh, now, now, Stu, tell us PUI. about. <laughs> t- tell us about. You've had a lot of. Um, you get a lot of like a a a talent on your show. Um, a stars from the triathlon and running world, etc. And uh, I want to know. I'm always having two questions here, but I want to know how hard it is to get those people. <laughs> And two, um, has anybody turned you down, and were they jerks to you? You know, I'll answer the second part first. Absolutely, positively not. No one has been a jerk to me at all. Okay. In fact, I mean, really, I'm the opposite. I, I have to tell you, uh, people like uh, Heather Golnick and Heather Havlin, Andrea Fisher, James Cleveland, um, you know, Susie Favor, all, they were unbelievable to give their time to the community, and I think that's what's really what's so awesome about this. Um, you know, I'll tell you kind of a funny story. I hope this comes out right, but I was at Ironman Wisconsin, and I'm going into the bathroom, and I'm <laughs> going to the bathroom, standing up, and I look next to me, and there's David Harju, the guy that's won it before. And I'm like, dude, you, you've won this before. I can't believe I'm going to the bathroom next to you. And he looks at me like, oh, my God, what are you doing? But... You know, they're, they're so cool, and that's what's so awesome about this sport is that we go to the bathroom, <laughs> we race next to these people. You I mean, next to these people? Oh, yeah, it's not, you know, it's not like I'm going to the bathroom next to Michael Jordan. It's not going to happen, but <laughs> these guys are awesome. So they have been really cool. There's, I have several more. I have a couple that I am blown away that they said yes to. Oh. Uh, a couple that are coming up that... Um, I almost, I'm just, I almost want to come back and, and say, did you really say yes? Was that a Y-E-S? And, and <laughs> so they're really cool. Now you, they're really you, cool. Can you and give by any... the way, I do have to say this. I do have to say this because I do have a surprise for you guys coming up when you come what? on my show. And in a couple of weeks, yep, I cannot tell you, but I'm really hoping it's going to be great. And it's, it's kind of, it's kind of in your endeavors, the races that you guys will be doing, and I think it'll, it'll be cool. So, um... <gasps> Oh, it's a little surprise God. for you guys. Uh, you know, I can't can't oh, let you down. Yay. So it's going to be wickedly cool. That's awesome. You know, one, one of the great things you touched on it. Oh, it, it, you're busted. You said awesome. You're busted. Oh God. One of the wicked <laughs> one of the wicked things about triathlon is that um, 
you're on the, I mean, you, you're not only on the same course, but sometimes you're side by side with the pro triathletes. And the good thing about, I, I think the good thing about triathlon, and it's, it's sort of about our show as well and websites and whatnot, is that, you know, there's not this hero worship, I mean, besides Melanie McQuaid, um, there's not this hero worship. <laughs> you guys weren't allowed to do that. Uh, no, we're, they have to be. exactly. Okay, you, you might have to make an exception, though. Yeah, there's an exception every rule. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know what's, what's, what's cool that you said about that? And I was, the first time that I finished an Ironman, um, I, I finished late in the day. I mean, I had some real problems the, the couple weeks before the race. But what happened is there was three or four tr- pro triathletes that were in the top five or ten for sure that were there at midnight uh, cheering people uh. And I got to tell you, when that was, that it, at that point in time was when I said, you know what, my goal in life outside of, you know, family, I mean, true sports related, is to be doing this until the day I die. Because wow. that doesn't happen. So they could have gone home. They could have taken a shower. Actually, I think they probably did take a shower. They probably <laughs> had dinner, too. They probably slept a little bit. <laughs> yeah, they might have yeah. slept for a couple hours and then come back. But that doesn't happen in, in any other sport. I mean, we are blessed beyond belief in the sport. Really now, think. now Stu, Stu, you were, um, excuse me, Ironwell, they, 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 um, you're being a little bit modest. You said you had a couple problems leading up to the race. I, I know this story. Can you just tell people your story real quick? Yeah. It was, it was a couple weeks before the Ironman, and um, we had done our last run, and we were kind of, we were being our taper, and I got home, and I had some major, major problems, and I ended up having surgery, basically, a couple days later. Oh. And I had... Let's just put it to this way. I had so many stitches that you couldn't believe it in an area that's not really all that pleasant on a bike. Oh, and I basically my spent um, I spent two weeks basically <laughs> in bed, horizontal, and I was I was on some wicked drugs. They were horrible, morphine and Demerol. I was in so much pain, and I my father had passed away. And the last thing that he said to me was, "How's the, the Ironman training going?" and at that point, I just kept remembering that. I'm like, you know, I can't let my dad down. And oh my I gosh. did it. And it was, you know, I never thought twice about it. I made it, and it was brutally hot that day. And um, <sighs> it was great. And that's why I, it, it took me a long time to finish. And those pros were there at the end. And I, it was so emotional. You know, you about a, a mile from the finish line, I'm Ironman, Wisconsin. You're kind of out in the middle of nowhere, kind of. No one around you, and you can hear the finish line because you're close. Oh, you can and hear it from a mile. You can hear it, and you're just like, I made it. I did something, and and from that day on, you know, it's just like you can't take anything for granted, especially Iron Man. So, yeah, oh. it was pretty cool, and and you know, it's it's it's. I just I want to do it again. I I'm so jealous of the of both you guys. You know, signing up to do this big race. I'm doing some Olympic distance this year, but. Next year, I'm going to sign up. I cannot wait. That night, I'm going to sign up again for Ironman Wisconsin to do it in those seven. Mm. I'm going to oh be with you guys. And in no. fact, like I was saying before, I have a special treat in a couple of weeks on Simply Stew. I have, uh, I'm going to do, I don't know how many parts it is, but it's going to be a video podcast t- taking you through the entire course. Uh, the first part is going to be just a little tour of the start of the swim and the swim oh, and wow. just Madison. So you're going to see maybe five-minute segments. And then I'll take it to maybe the first time out of the flight. So that's a surprise, Trisha. That's not a surprise. 
Oh, that's not the surprise? Oh, I thought you, like, slipped, maybe, and that was a surprise. No, no, no. <laughs> the surprise is for you guys. The surprise oh. is you, too, the two of you. That's not the surprise. Oh, wow. So hopefully it'll be bigger than that surprise, yeah. Oh, so. my gosh. I just got chilled when you said that the finish line, you could hear the finish line. Oh. Uh, you can you know, the cowbells and everything, it's. And, you know, I don't want to take, you know, wow. we have so many listeners. I know you guys, too, too, of just brand new people who have never done a race, and they kind of say, well, you always talk about Ironman. It's not really that, because I have just as much fun doing a sprint distance. In fact, sometimes mm-hmm. it's more fun, because you just go, you know, in sprints, you're going all out as fast as you can go. Yeah. You know, Olympic is, is about the same, too, but so... There you go. Now, uh, one question for you, Stu. You said that uh, yeah. a mile from the finish, it's you're in the middle of nowhere. But isn't anywhere in Wisconsin in the middle of nowhere? You know, oh, it, 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 it <laughs> kind of is. I think that was probably a shot at us. But you know, the bike course really is out in the in the sticks. But the the race course is oh. actually at the University of Wisconsin. So it's beautiful, it, huh? Yeah, yeah we have like electricity and everything now because we never believe it or not. Well, we do. I, you know, yeah. I, I don't know that we have stoplights or anything right now. We do. <laughs> and that's that's a hilly course, right? What what does Will have to be worried about? Yeah, you know she does. I think um, I think she needs to come up. And I'll I'll take it. You know, I took a bunch of people. They were staying at the at the swim line last year, and I said, "You guys, do you really know what this course is about?" And they're like, "No, we've never seen it." I said, "Let's get in my car and I'll drive you around the course." And they're like. Are you kidding me? And so we did that. We drove the course. They're like, oh, my God. But it's really hilly. There's, like, three major hills. Two of them are back-to-back that are just brutal. Oh. Um, but you know what? i got to tell you, just enjoy the ride, and you'll do fine. Don't take <laughs> enjoy it, don't the take ultimate pain and suffering. <laughs> but you know what? It's, it's so cool, and it's like you get to that finish. Like, you know, all day you're like, what am I doing? What am I doing? I never want to do this again. You finish and then you're like, well, maybe I'll do it again. Two hours later, <laughs> okay, maybe next year. Like, the next morning, I want to do it next year. So. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. And what was your fe- <laughs> Stu, one last question for me is, what was your feeling when you crossed that finish line? I mean, what, what was going through your head? Well, it's, you know, I don't really get all that emotional. But, um, you know, I, it, up with about two miles to go, I kind of, you know, I was, Kind of like saying, Dad, you know, this was for you. Uh, I can remember him kind of saying to me, or me saying to him, or whatever, saying, you know what, I know you did it for me, but now it's time to let go, and and this is all for you, and and just enjoy it. And really, I did. The last mile, I, you know, I ran past people who were crying because they knew they were going to finish. You know, it's so emotional, and, and... you just kind of go back and you think, you know, I trained for a year. I gave, my family did all this stuff. And, and to see your family at the finish line just blows you away, you know. It just, it mm-hmm. just, it, it's, it's wicked. It's wicked. And so, whew, man, it, it's cool. See, That's why you, you just, this is the best sport, man. You know, and, and I don't think I've told, Kahuna, I don't even think I've told you this. Um, I, I don't think I've told Blogland this either, but I have a lot writing on this race. Um, my The book I'm writing is about everything leading up to this race, and it, and it culminates with this race. Um, I just wrote a $25,000 grant for a program um, for the school district where I teach, and it's called I'm Possible, but it's spelled, mm-hmm. you know, the word 
impossible, but you just right. put an apostrophe in there. And it's based on a lesson I did one day. And it's all about, like, because I teach kids who have come from all different countries. And right. uh, so English isn't their first language. And so a lot of them, you know, run into all these difficulties with, you know, oh, can I go to college, and, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I'm one of the reasons I'm, I'm doing this Ironman is, uh, I mean, it's for me, obviously, but also to show them, look, you guys, you know what, anything's possible. If you want to go to college, if you want to be a doctor, if you want to do anything, you know, do it. There's a way. Um, so uh, where there's a will, there's a way. You know, it's kind of how I started, you know, with my own thing. And so I find out in, like, two weeks if I got this grant or not. And oh, so it's cool. kind of... It's just kind of, I get like a semester sabbatical and all kinds of stuff. And, um, yeah, so and there's a lot that's that's uh, hinging on this race of mine. So well, I can, that is cool. Now, if I, and I'll make this promise to you because I'm just, I, I, if, you know, anything that I can do, if I can um, kind of follow you so I can tell people like live on your blog how you're doing, I think that'd be cool if we could yeah. post out of this. That would be awesome. Oh, yeah. I'll do audio for you. I'll do it all, whatever it takes. Because you know what's really so, so cool is there's so many, well, I shouldn't say a lot of shows, but, you know, there's there's other podcasts out there, and there's so much room for all of us because you guys have this wickedly cool, you know, this kind of chemistry thing. Zen in the Art of Triathlon, his show is so awesome. It's more of just, it's just him talking you know, myself, totally different. There's some new podcasts out there as well, and it's it's like, there's just, man, you just, it, it, people like start to fall in love with you. As oh, far yeah, as different flavor for everybody. Yeah, I'll do that, absolutely. So, and I'm always trying to figure out new ways. I, like I said, I just finished uh, figuring out a way to, to record while I swim. I've done it before, but now I figure out the, like, real good quality, so. Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. What do you mean record while you swim? Well, one of the things that you don't get a lot of times is you don't get um, good, like, thoughts when you're going in the water. Now, obviously, when you're kind of breathing, you get kind of bubbles. But right. for the St. Anthony's triathlon that I'm doing, I'm doing it with team and training. Actually, my daughter had leukemia when she was 10 months old, and I'm doing it for oh. them. And one of the things that I promised my listeners I'd do is I'm going to do the whole show live. So I'm going to have mics on. I have actually a couple different mics where I have them on until I go into the water. And when I go in the water, you're going to hear bubbles, and that I'll edit a lot of that out. But as soon as I get out, you're going to hear me right away. So, um, so wow. you know, there's, there's all kinds of cool stuff that we can do for our listeners, and that's what I'm just trying to do, different, weird, fun this is stuff. so neat. You know, I actually thought about doing that for um, for Florida and also for Wildflower, and I think... I think you risk getting a penalty probably for doing it, but who cares? I mean, it's who, gi- who gives a rat? I don't really care. Right. In fact, in fact, one of my listeners this week, it's so funny you mentioned Wildflower. He emailed me on Tuesday and said, Stewie said, I really, I'm in desperate need. I'm doing Wildflower. And I want to know, I've heard all these things. Can you get somebody on? So I frantically email everybody I know. And then ended up finding out, I don't even know the guy, one of the age group winners. <laughs> and he's going to do a, I'm going to interview him this week to get him on the show to talk about wildflowers, mm. so talk about, you know, different wow. kinds of things. So, you know, those are things that I hope we can do for our listeners. Well, I did it last year, so if you want any more uh, advice, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a very challenging course. Oh, oh I wish I had known that. So, well, yeah. You can listen to it, and you can make comments if you, if you think the guy's way off. Or, no, I'm sure he's... Be great. Yeah, he, he, he won, it, like I said, he won his age division last year. And, wow. Uh, 
I'm interested to see what he has to say about it. So. All right. Uh, well, Stu, we're way past our time, but you're just you're, okay. you're a fascinating guy. So. Um, oh gosh, no! This I feel so cool just, just to be talking to you guys. I'm just like. I can't wait for my kids to hear it. They get all fired up. Are you really going to be on that show? They're so cool, man. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, we definitely have to call Stu more. No kidding. Oh, yeah. It's kind of like Letter- yeah, I- Letterman and uh, Leno getting together, you know? Yeah, this is sweet. You know, the, the thing about it, you know, you know unlike, I think there's a lot of podcasts out there that are similar in other avenues that are so competitive. I'm a competitive kind of guy, but in this respect, there's so much room for for your show and my show and... That's why I think we can coexist so well. And um, um, if I can help you guys, especially for Iron Man Wisconsin, I am there for you. You know, anytime you want to go, come up and go for a ride, we're, I live on the course. I literally live on the on the on the course, and I run it every day, five days a week, Monday to Friday. I'm on the Iron Man course, so. I am so taking you up on that because, like I said, I have a lot riding on this, and so I want to. I got to make sure I get to the finish line in one piece and on you know time. What? So <laughs> take a big breath and remember that you know, if even if thing. I think the one piece of advice that all the pros kind of keep giving me is they say, you know, if something goes wrong that day, there's a lot of time to correct the errors. You know, I think I think Kuna um, was saying, you know, if things go bad and you're only halfway there, mm-hmm. you still have halfway to go. But really, it's kind of the flip side of that is if things go bad halfway through, you still have that many hours to correct the situation. You just kind of sit back and relax. Mm-hmm. You know what? I can do it. I've done it in training a million times. You know, so you, you can do it. You're going to do just fine. And I'll be oh. pushing you if you're not. <laughs> no, that's going to be so... That's just going to be so cool to know that, you know, you're out there kind of uh, reporting to everybody uh, yeah. how everything's going. And see, I think that's why Iron Man Live is so great. That's what um, I was counting on, you know, everyone kind of checking in. And if I feel like, oh, okay, this sucks, I don't want to do this. Yeah, but oh, this but will be Iron watching. Will Live. Iron Man Live, yeah, that's okay, but Iron Will Live. Oh, my God. That would be so fun. <laughs> Look, Iron Will Live. So, I'm so excited. Excited! Oh my gosh! So we'll have I'm to so start, we'll have to plan this. We'll have to see what we can do as far as micing you up and things like that without you getting involved. Oh wow! I don't think. Oh, who's gonna, what are they going to do? I'm sorry, you're going to have to do a stand down for wearing a microphone. <laughs> no, I, you know, I got I got a penalty in, at Wildflower for talking on the bike to somebody. I wasn't drafting. I was just like talking because I was like, you know, I, I was having the best time. I was just like, you know, this is the greatest yeah. race. Da, da, da. And they're like, they, I got four minute penalty. <laughs> Yeah, I can. Goofy like that too, and people are like, "Oh, shut up! I'm hurting. Just shut up." No. We're all we're all hurting still. Yeah. Well, anyways, you guys, I appreciate this. This is the, the super grooviest thing ever. All right. Well, simplystew.org, and if you you don't subscribe to this podcast, this guy is uh, is uh, um, I was going to say amazing, but I'm going to say he's wicked. <laughs> Wickedly cool. Wickedly cool, and uh, go check it out. Uh, simplystew.org. Yep. And then you guys are going to be coming on my show in a couple weeks with a big surprise. All right. Cool. All right, you guys. It's right. great. Keep right. up the awesome work. Okay, thanks. Thanks, you guys. <laughs> okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. I love Stu. He's, uh, he's the best. Oh, my God. he's He's got a little bit of enthusiasm for a triathlon. Oh, gosh. Well, you know what, though? That's great because those people, I'm like one of those people, too, who, like, talks to people during the races and I get, like, nasty looks and stuff. But you know what? If you're going to take your life that seriously, go. You know? It's it it cool to run into people who, other, who are also, you know, enthusiastic about stuff. Yeah, and it makes the time go by. And, and, I, and I, for people who are just getting into triathlon, 
this is what makes this sport so great. I don't think you get it in almost any other sport. Is everybody's there to help you, and there's people that are. Yeah. I mean, like you could you could tell like the new people when they set up their like you know we all were one time they're trying to set up their their bike and their transition area and they're just like so lost and anybody who mm. who who gives off that vibe there's like ten people that come over and go hey here's what you need to do here's what you got to think about and um, you know and it it goes from the pros on down so um, oh yeah. Any anyway, rate, um, well, you know what? We're, we're running way behind Iron Wheel, so let, let's let's get right into your coach's corner, okay? Okay. Greg, today we're talking about uh, something that affects us all and afflicts us all: common training injuries. Um, we'd like to know what they are and what are the signs, and also. I guess we could include in there maybe burnout, overtraining. What are the signs of that and, and what do we do? And then uh, finally, if we're sick, there's that common school of thought, you know, b- below the neck. If you're sick, stay in bed. If it's all in your head, then get out there and, and, and hit the pavement. So um, what, what's your take on all that and your professional opinion? Um, I, I think that as far as working out and being sick, well, as, as far as all three questions, uh, I, um, I would give my strong sales pitch to have a coach, to have a, an educated, certified coach that's been around, worked with athletes, and has some personal experience. Because sometimes it's good to have someone objective to say, what do you think? You know, is it okay for me to go out and do this? Because a lot of times we do something to ourselves that if you were in a coach's shoes and someone asked you, you would never in a million years suggest that they do. So sometimes you need to step back, as I do as an athlete, and say, you know, what's going to be best for me? Because if you're sick and you're working out in preparation for a race, what you're really doing is you're breaking your body down in the workout, and even more because your body's trying to stabilize temperature and hydration, and if you're congested, it's trying to get uncongested, and it's also trying to reduce swelling and heat from the workout and build muscle, and that's not going to happen. Something's got to give. So really... I think my experience has told me that over time, the best advice is to just take some downtime because your body's talking to you. It's um, you could go outside with with no clothes on when it's zero degrees and not get sick, unless you weaken your immune system so much and you are exposed to something. Mm. So I guess what I'm saying is, if your immune system is strong, you can go out in the cold. It's it's what you're catching from other people. So you need to make sure that you're not breaking yourself down so much that you're compromising your own immune system and getting and then getting sick and then continuing to work out more and just say, well, I caught it from someone else. It's, you know, I shouldn't have done that. Because if you're healthy and you're not overdoing it, your immune system will get stronger from working out and you won't be catching illnesses from other people and you won't have to worry about maybe being in the cold or things that would make someone um, normally ill. Your immune system should be boosted from your workouts. Um, again, overtraining is another thing that a good coach, you, you should really not get overtrained with a good coach. That should be something um, with the advent of heart rate monitors and all these gadgets we talked about and periodization. That's a thing of the past. I think that um, really elite athletes push themselves and they want to push the envelope and find out how far they can push themselves. And sometimes they're really exposed to overtraining or burnout. But a good coach should be giving you time off in your microcycle, so that's within a month period. Maybe you're going three hard weeks and then an easy week. And then in your um, macro cycle, you go three
three months of kind of build, and then you take like a week where you do nothing, and he just says, you know what, go rollerblading, go scuba diving, go take a trip with your family, do something, get away from the sport, and when you come back emotionally, you're more invested and you're really hungry to get back at what you're doing. Um, that said, I think that you know six or seven months of just racing, if you have no other commitments, just racing and really driving, 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 sometimes that emotional thing is the most likely thing that's going to burn you out. It's not physical. Hmm. Um, and a good coach should be guiding you through this uh, the whole time. Uh, lastly, I think that physical injuries are probably what can stop you the most in your tracks. And I think the, the most common two things I see are shoulder injuries and in swimming, and that's usually from swimming too hard with poor mechanics or just swimming with poor mechanics. And then plantar fasciitis in running is very common, and that's probably from increasing your mileage too much or not being fitted in the right shoe. Um, so a, a good coach should really be able to address those things, look at you in the water and say, this is what we need to work on, and give you some strengthening things, and look at you and say, you know, you really need to be in a shoe that corrects pronation or know of a good bike shop or a running shop where they're going to, fit you on your bike or put you in some shoes that are going to keep you from getting injured. So a good coach will get you a long way um, along that road to injury, um, emotional and physical prevention of injuries, but sometimes it's going to happen, and when it does happen, it's important that you step back and you take some inventory of what's important in your life, and you take the time to maybe get better from an acute um, flu or to take care of your joints with um, maybe some Pilates or some stretching or some strengthening um, to make sure that this Ironman isn't going to break you down too much. And when you're done with Ironman and you have to go back to work or be with your family, that you're not just a part of the person you used to be. <laughs> you can walk normally and your back doesn't <laughs> hurt. So along, along the training cycle, you want to be taking a look at what you're doing and make sure that you're not breaking yourself uh, beyond what you can handle. Wow, and you, before you've mentioned um, about how professional triathletes will, will push themselves uh, to the point where they may be uh, suffering burnout, and you, uh, being a professional triathlete yourself, I'm sure have, have seen this up close and personal, um, as well, you know, as maintaining your uh, work schedule and your uh, coaching schedule and all of these other things, so, um, you know, and you mentioned that emotional taxing things might be, emotionally taxing things might be be the things that um, are taking up most of your energy, whereas your workouts maybe n might not be. Is that kind of how I'm hearing? Yeah, I, it, that's definitely the case. Um, I, physically, I think that almost everyone um, can, especially if you're saying heart rate, uh, like if I go and do an eight-mile run at 160 beats a minute, pretty much, I mean, most people could do that. Now, that might be near-death experience for some people, it might be a harder workout, but I'm saying everyone can do a hard swim or a hard bike or a hard run. The question is, how many days can you do it and stay healthy? Mm -hmm. And that's where a pro that's, you know, a super elite with no job and they're focusing on the Olympics has a major advantage because they can recover from those things with massage therapy and great nutrition and lots of time to stretch and nap, but it comes <laughs> at a high cost emotionally because 
that's what you're investing yourself in entirely is uh, your focus of the sport. And so when you invest everything in that, you really um, are leveraging a lot of things in your life against one goal, and that's um, maybe going under four hours at a half Ironman or qualifying for Kona. And if those things don't happen, then sometimes that can come at a high cost emotionally and you really need some downtime. Sometimes even when they do happen, you've, you've committed yourself so deeply to this and it's come at such a high cost that by the end of the year, you really need to step away, and that's why you'll see a lot of um, professional athletes retire, and then, like, they miss it and they come back. When really, again, I think that a coach would could help you balance that and take some time off before you get injured or burnt out or tired mm-hmm. so that when you're really feeling good, you take some time off. And it's just like an Ironman when I tell people, when you really feel good, don't speed up eat. <laughs> because eating is a really hard thing to do, so you slow down to eat. And when you're really feeling good at triathlons in July, give yourself a reward. Take two days where you really do some easy short swims and some short spins, so in three days you've come back and not only are you fitter, but you're more excited about what you're doing. Wow. Now, you know, I never would have thought of uh, having any kind of pity for the professional triathletes <laughs> with all of their uh, luxury and time. Um, you, of course, being the exception, since you kind of are are one of those pros that uh, actually has a job and, and a career and everything else in addition right. to being a pro- pro- professional triathlete. So, um, wow. But, yeah, I never really thought that uh, they kind of base their identity almost on winning or losing that race or, or achieving those goals. And so... Huh, so, wow. <laughs> that's that's interesting. Also, um, with the, the either the weekend warriors or the weekly warriors, the people like me with the family and the career and the kids and, and people like you, um, uh, they tend to get caught up in so many different things, I bet, that uh, at least, you know, from my perspective, that it's, it, it gets heavy sometimes to carry it all. Uh, and that, that burnout is definitely something um, where you just kind of want to go, you know what, why am I doing all this? And that question seems to come up a lot, at least in my, in my day. <laughs> yeah, well, it, that's, a, that's a question of balance. And I think, again, it comes back to um, balancing your time from the beginning. A good coach is going to say to you, what is your time um, availability? Not what do you want to do? Because I think when I start with athletes, a lot of times in the beginning, I say, well, how much time do you have on these days of the week? And be realistic. And they'll say, oh, well, you know, on um, Friday I can definitely do three hours because I only work a half day. Well, guess what? Most people's husbands or wives aren't really excited if on the only day of week you have a half day, you go out and you work out for three hours. You know, and then the weekend comes and now you're doing four and five hours. It's not really realistic. So maybe a month into working with them, sometimes you'll say, you know what, I-, I was wrong. Like, this is too much. So people want to work out like a pro. They can do the workouts. They can do the time. But with all those commitments in life and family and work and just things in family that come up that you can't predict, it's really taxing to overcommit yourself. So your coach should be working with you to set a schedule so that preemptively, they can foresee that, you know what, there's going to be family reunions, there's going to be weddings, all these things where you don't want to look at the sport and say, this is not fun, this is taxing. You need to look at the sport and say, man, this is a lot of fun. And in that regard, sometimes Ironman isn't the best decision for people because you really need to 
um, be taking inventory and making sure that every weekend it is a priority because on that day you don't want to compromise your health just to finish this race. You need to make sure at the end of the year my family is on board and my job is on board and emotionally I'm ready to commit to doing this and being healthy and being whole when I'm done with the race. And that's the first thing you said to me, I think, when we um, hooked up here as a, a, and, and you became my coach. Um, you, that's the very first thing you asked me is, okay, what kind of time do you have to dedicate to this? And uh, we worked it out. And honestly, I have to tell you, before we got together, I was having all kinds of meltdowns and <laughs> just trying to keep it all together. And, yeah. and having you around has really helped me out because sometimes I think we get so close to a situation that it's really hard for for us to see, um, you know, what, where we're lacking, where we're um, improving, and, and maybe where we need some help. And you've been great at helping me balance a lot of that out. And uh, so I'm really excited um, about this race. I'm, I'm having a lot of fun, Thank and uh, definitely because you've helped me uh, balance everything out. So. All right. Well, again, my coach, my great, wonderful coach, Greg Mueller, uh, we really appreciate your time once again. Thank you. All right, well, great interview as usual, and those are uh, words to live by, even though sometimes they're hard because we all want to be out there training even when we've got pneumonia or whatever. Um, <laughs> so um, we, we, we need to heed, those, um, heed that advice. Um, hey, why don't you lead the people into our next segment, which is the uh, triathlete chapter. Just tell our new, newcomers uh, what this is about and then who our um, author is this, this week. Okay, yeah, definitely. The um, triathlete chapters, we talked about a little bit last week, but they are uh, basically a slice of everybody's life. Um, you know, why people got into triathlons, how they've changed uh, because of them, and it's really just it's a big different lifestyle altogether. So Kamuna did the first one, and mine was last week. And uh, this week we have Paul Rawlings. He is from the United Kingdom, and like I said before, has that dreamy accent, so uh Ladies, be prepared to swoon a little bit. So, ready to roll the tape, Luna? Let's do it. Here we go. So, my name's Paul. I'm from the UK, from a small village about 10 miles south of Oxford. Um, I got started in triathlon this year. Um, prior to that, I was uh, into cycling. Grew up with um, Greg Lamont and uh, Miguel Indurain and Laurent Fillon. Used to really enjoy watching the Tour de France. And then along came Lance Armstrong in '99 and hooked uh, me even more into cycling. But of course he's gone. He's finished. He's retired now. So um, I don't know. I guess looking for a new hero and. Uh, Find you guys out there. Find the podcast of uh, these triathletes. So uh, Zen Try and uh, and Iron Will and uh, Try Geek Kahuna as well. So it's you guys that are now my heroes and uh, that are now pushing me on. I don't know why, but for me, it's I kind of need a leader, somebody to follow, somebody to set an example. I'm not a leader. I'm not the one that's. I don't know. I'm not the one that's going to lead the way. And I guess it's some comfort to realize that. I'm the trusty lieutenant. 
still follow the Tour de France, still addicted. But um, I guess I switched from cycling to now to being triathlon, and it's really interesting. I really enjoy the training a lot more because you've got swimming, running, and cycling. So that's what's driving me on now. I've got my first half Ironman coming up, so uh, I'm straight into the event. Perhaps I should have taken it a bit slower and uh, a couple of sprint triathlons or something first. But uh, yes, uh, half Ironman in June, and then probably addicted after that, and uh, move up to a full Ironman at some point. So, um, 132 days left to go. So, uh, keep up the good work out there in podcast land, and uh, you are my heroes. Thank you. Wow, well, I don't yeah. know what to say yeah. after uh, something like that. Um, oh my gosh, I know. I feel humbled, and uh, I don't feel like a leader much of the time, but uh, I'll do my best to, to live to, up to what Paul Paul said. How about you? I know. I gosh, he's he's definitely inspiring for me. He's amazing. What, what an incredible speaker, and I'm very humbled. But, uh, yeah, so, Kahuna, um, what do we have next? Um, now we've got uh, my second of actually a three-part interview with, with Melanie McQuaid, and she's the Xterra world champion triathlete, a very cool person. I met her down in, if you weren't here last week, in, in San Diego for a uh, talk, some coffee, and eventually a swim workout, which she basically destroyed me. <laughs> and um, so I did. I, I, I could keep up with her for about two thousand yards, but then it was all over after that. Um, so, <laughs> let's, so she talks about uh, about being a sex symbol um, and uh, about all kinds of different things. So uh, why don't we just uh, listen to to my interview with Mel now? All right, I can't wait. Let's show the tape. <sighs> All right, here's the second of the three-part interview with world champion Xterra triathlete Melanie McQuaid. Melanie and the Kahuna sat down on the beach at Del Mar for part of this interview and, and later on in a, a pool in La Jolla. All right, here you go. Melanie, tell me about your... Um Tell me about your training now. What's like an average day or average three days or week in the life of uh, a pro triathlete? Well, I be, the way my periodization, my periodization is a bit different than other people because I've been an athlete for a really long time. So for me to, to get good, I kind of do, let's say we start with a rest week. Like let's say that's the first week. And then the second week we build up, I do probably five hours of swimming. Um, I'll do I don't, like maybe three hours of running and let's say 18 hours of riding and there might be a bit more the third week and then the fourth week is um, a training camp for cycling and so um, on that kind of a week I'll probably do about 28 hours of cycling and maybe four hours of swimming and two hours of running so it's a pretty 
big week, and I'll do that week. A lot of a lot of it will be on the road. I'll do maybe you know 900, 1,000 k with uh, with the cycling group in Victoria. And then and you just hammer that that week. Is that a really tiring week? Basically, you just squash yourself on the bike. You bury yourself, and and then you know then we start again with the rest week, like this week where I'm like doing next to nothing. So. What are your swim workouts? I mean, you go you know, five times? No, it's usually four swims. Four swims? Four swims, about four to four and a half K. Okay. And then running, how many how many miles would be? Uh, well, it's usually three to maybe four. One run might be really short, like just run off the bike. And one run, I do a lot of running on, on a treadmill just for leg speed. So one might be a hard treadmill workout. One might be um, a steady state sort of tempo run and then a couple runs just for frequency. I don't run actually very much because um, a lot of a lot of trail running is, is leg strength so as long as I um, have a run a week that's longer and trails um, I just need to work on some, some speed and so I don't I don't actually need to run that much. I mean 10k is it's not like a marathon right, right. so. And how about injuries? Do you have a problem with those or, or not? I, I think that because I don't run very much, I don't have a lot of problems with injuries usually. And, and for people who want to improve on the bike, what would be your suggestion? Ride it. Just ride it. A lot. <laughs> it's like it depends what you're talking about. If there, in in order to be a strong cyclist, there's no uh, there's no substitute for mileage. And the, uh, the unfortunate truth is that you can do as many hard workouts on your bike as you want, as long as they're if they're not long enough, you're you're not going to get strong. And 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 the other thing is, it takes a long time to uh, develop the the training base to be a really good cyclist. So unfortunately, it's a very time-consuming sport. And when you add on the fact you have to swim and run, it, it's a lot of time. So that's what you can tell your wife that you just need lots of time to do this kind of stuff because there really is no way around it. Um, if we're talking about technique again. Um, it takes, uh, like, if you want to be a mountain biker, you kind of have to ride your mountain bike a lot off-road. And, and so, again, you know, you just got to ride a lot. And what's it like, for people who don't uh, do Xterra, what's it like going downhill on a mountain bike when you're racing? Because there's different, uh, I mean, you, you want to win the race, but you want to come out of there alive, right? <laughs> well, if you ride your bike enough, it's not that scary. And it's actually really fun. And, and that's why I don't know if I could ever do just the road stuff, because it's, it's very exciting. And each race is very different to Nextera, and it's a new challenge. And, you know, you're, you're totally distracted by just getting your making your way through the course. It's not all about the people around you. It's kind of your own personal challenge to, to do things as fast as you can. And... And that's why I think Xterra is a great sport for anyone to try because it, it does teach you to focus on yourself and your own racing because there's a lot a lot of alone time, which, you know, Ironman, there's a lot of alone time, but, um, you know, you're still kind of focused on what other people are doing because you don't have to pay so much attention because you're pe- just pedaling sort of straight. So um, Xterra is great for, you know, you better not hit that rock or, you know, you you can go really fast in this section and you need momentum to get up the next section. It's, it's a cool challenge that way. I think I'm going to try one this year. Uh, what, what, Temecula. Temecula. Yeah. Now, what kind of bike do you need to, if you just, you don't want to, you know, you want to get into the sport but you don't want to kill yourself uh, financially, what, what would you suggest? A mountain bike. <laughs> Beautiful. Start with a mountain bike. Does That'll it, be good. Does, anybody, does it matter what kind? Or does yeah, you need to get an Orbea. Is that like a thousand yeah. million dollars? No, no. Like the Orbea. Is that your sponsor? Yeah. Okay. 
Um, I like. I actually have been encouraging people to get um, a hardtail mountain bike because I feel like they're they're light. What that is. Okay, you can get a mountain bike that has a suspension on the front, like a front fork, which you absolutely need to have, and you pretty much can't buy a mountain bike without front front suspension. Um, but you can also buy mountain bikes that also have suspension on the rear, so they're like a motorbike. They're fully suspended, and and that gives you a little bit more cushioning on bumpy stuff and what have you and they tend to be a bit more money um, but if especially if you're from California there's just not enough stuff that you need a dual suspension right. really and most of the Xterra races you, the, the challenge is going to be the uphill um, and so you want your bike to be as light as possible and a hardtail generally will set you back less money so it's a good way to get into the sport and then you can decide whether or not you need a, a dual suspension depending on what the mountain bike trails are like around your house and uh, how much money for an entry-level bike? I think you could get a good bike for about 1500 bucks. Oh, Canadian, which, you know, isn't that like 8 bucks American? <laughs> <laughs> or not anymore. No, you guys are moving it up on us. <laughs> Um, okay, let me let me ask you a question about your racing. You said earlier that you just race your own race mm -hmm. and don't worry. Is that, is that a hard discipline to um, to enforce when you see someone that maybe is your arch rival sitting out there? Well, I like it's not that I ignore my competition. Like if if I'm not if I'm in trouble or someone's going a lot faster than me, I, it's definitely going to be motivating to see someone around me to see if I can get more out of myself. But at the end of the day, I, I don't evaluate my performance based on my results. Like, I've had really bad races where I've won, and I've had really good races where I haven't won. And so it's more just trying to get the best out of myself every day. And if, if it takes somebody else riding by me for me to realize that I'm sleeping on the bike, then I'll, I'll use that. But normally, I, I don't really need that to, to go as hard as I can. I can push myself pretty hard. Now, now, if you placed second in a race and you thought you had the greatest race, are you still disappointed at the result? No, no. I've had, I mean, I've had amazing races where I've been second. And I've just, and maybe actually I can even look at them and think, okay, that was a breakthrough race. I was closer in this section or I rode this better or, or something like that. Like, I've definitely, I even said like in 2003, right before the World Championships, I was second at the U.S. Championships. And I just thought that that was a great race for me. And I took from that race that it was really, you know, I'm really ready for the world. I had a great race here. It's only going to get better. It's coming around, and, you know, I was proud of that. How do you feel about being a sex symbol for um, sport of triathlon? <laughs> oh, how I wish that were true. <laughs> no. You know what I think is, is cool is just being... Um, you know, a healthy woman and having an opportunity to show, like, young girls that this is what it's about. It's about being healthy and athletic and, you know, strong and, and that kind of stuff. I just think that the, the cool thing is that the triathlon media likes the women in the sport, and all of a sudden there's women in magazines who aren't emaciated and need a sandwich. So I think that, well, actually, there's some triathletes who need a sandwich, you know, actually. But in general, like, it's, it's a very, um, it's healthy. And isn't it cool that um, uh, maybe men might be interested in women for more than a nice dress and some makeup? So I think that that's, uh, all of that stuff is positive. So that's better than being, you know, a, a supermodel, I guess, because that's pretty shallow. Uh -huh. And how do you feel about being the um, Tri Geek Dreams Tri Diva 2006? 
Well, like I said, you know, this whole trip to fly down here to do this interview, um, you know, it is the highlight so far of this year. I, I don't think any of the awards that I got this year are even, they, they all pale in comparison. And, you know, I'm going to be so stoked to go back because, you know, there's actually a party waiting for me that I get to come back with this award and this shirt. And, you know, a lot of people at home have been pretty excited about me coming down for, you know, this special trip to do this. Now, the shirt's a little bit small, though. <laughs> well, apparently, you know, the, whoever made the shirt thought that it was life-size when you look in a magazine. So <laughs> I guess, you know. I can I can save it for my Barbie, but <laughs> well, we're gonna have some pictures of that shirt up on the web. I guess it's a little small. I haven't seen it yet on our beautiful Tridiva for 2006. Um, so, are you gonna win the uh, World Championship this year? Are you making another prediction? Because you made a prediction last year. Yeah, last year I, I just had such a great run-up. I was pretty positive that I was gonna win, and I was right. And um, <laughs> this year. I, like it's not just that I want to win the world championships. I think that this year I'm going for the sweep. I'm gonna. I'd like to have an undefeated year, and so that's 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 what I'm hoping. And we'll see what happens at the first race of the year. Unfortunately, with Xterra, there's things like mechanicals and flat tires and things like that that definitely are a factor. And there's also the European factor. Uh, we have a lot of really good European girls coming in the sport, so that uh, may be awesome. But uh, I think the the primary goal is trying to be the first one to defend a title because no no woman in Xterra has ever won back to back like I've got two but they weren't consecutive so I I just need I need a hat trick of world championships I'm Canadian I need three so that's a hockey reference for people who don't understand. Um, <laughs> uh, so oh, what is your first race this year? Actually, it's going to be the one that you're doing in Temecula, Temecula. right? <laughs> yeah, i got to go get my hands on a mountain bike. Um, so so you train to go up hills, you just train by going up hills, is that correct? Well, um, I think that if you get a mountain bike, try it riding it on dirt at least once. <laughs> <laughs> try, try dirt. It's a little different than the pavement. And... Um, yeah, the the thing with mountain biking is it's a, it's a lot different energy system than Ironman. Ironman especially is quite you're probably riding at a much lower heart rate and it's probably a lot more consistent because you you don't want to burn the kind of sugar that you're going to be burning in a mountain bike race. So you got to think about fueling and stuff differently. Um, and to train for it, you know, that's the Coast Guard fishing out that chick that doesn't have a wetsuit. She got eaten by a shark. Yeah, that's the other thing. The mama shark with their little baby sharks. Um, by the way, Melody's um, uh, theory was this is a this is where sharks go to give their babies. So the the sharks that are always known as very maternal creatures uh, are somehow protecting their sharks like a grizzly bear protect their young. So apparently she's never watched any kind of uh, Discovery Channel Why did they shows. Why they're young? Pretty much. I don't, they don't nurse them or anything. Uh, you're on your own, I think, after you, you you're born. So they just hatch. They you, yeah, I think they just, they just come out. So yeah, so not everything is analogous to a grizzly bear in Canada. Okay, where were we? What were we talking about? Um, oh no, I was talking about mountain bike energy. Okay, so to train for a mountain bike race, you got the. Because the terrain's varied, and you actually use a lot more power on a mountain bike than you do on a road bike, just because of the, you know, the the friction on the ground, and so 
Um, you and there always is climbing pretty much in Mount Microsis. So you have to be prepared to do efforts that are completely anaerobic. And the, the best riders basically uh, float around either at their lactate threshold or slightly above. So it's, it's, it's very similar to doing a, a time trial, like a very short time trial. Um, but you need to be able to recover from efforts that are above. So it's a very, very, very high intensity sort of riding. And, and so getting used to having your heart rate around 200 is probably good. Ow. Ow. Very, very high heart rate. Now, do you think spin classes help with that? Absolutely. I think that, I think that especially for people that are um, in, in snowbound sort of areas, spinning would definitely help. If you do too much of that, though, you can get really burnt out because too much high-intensity stuff is, is, is not good for you. But definitely doing those kind of efforts. You can't just ride around slow with your heart rate at 100 and stop at the coffee shop and get strong. You actually need to do the really long stuff and mix in some hills and hard efforts and then ride for a long time after, too. That's, that's the best way to, to get ready. All right, stay tuned next week for the last of the the interview with Melanie McQuaid, and uh, it's pretty good. All right, we'll see you next week. Wow, Kahuna, did she actually say that her heart rate gets over 200 during a race? Yeah, she says it like it's uh, like it's nothing. You know, they it floats at oh. above 200. <laughs> So I th- she is a stud. She is a stud. We get more of that studliness next week, so you got to tune in. It's it's uh, probably the the next segment is the funnest one. She, you know, we we had a we had a we had a the really good funnest. time. Did you just say funnest? The most yeah. fun. I'm sorry. Oh, I teach English, man. Come on. Uh, okay. I'm only a journalist. Uh, it's the most <laughs> fun segment we have. Melanie and me. <laughs> me uh, and Melanie. Okay. So um, now our final little uh, segment, which is uh, not that little, but it's it's always at the end because it's it's our best segment. And this is try life lessons, and this is where I and Will kind of mixes uh, the sport triathlon with her philosophy on life. And what are, what are you talking about this week? Well, this week we are we're going to the top of the mountain. I think um, just just because we've. Uh, Spent so much time, and I think it, I think it just just happens. Um, you know, as you're as you're getting ready for a big race, you go through the the different waves of emotion uh, where you don't think you can do it, and then you know you realize oh you can do it, and then you're all about announcing to the world you know how you are going to do it. And so um, this week is just kind of a little bit about. Um, taking a little of that momentum back and saying, you know, it's out there and uh, and just hang on and you'll find it. So. All right. Well, I can't wait to listen. So let's, let's uh, go ahead and, and um, roll the tape. So you know what I think about it? I think that sometimes you just have to be damn obnoxious. I think that the only difference between the average everyday of it and the ideal life is directly proportionate to the amount of time a person can keep the bit clenched tightly. Through all of the swinging and jerking and wriggling off, the ones who will not let loose are the ones who win. How simple would life be if the one rule were just hang on? That's it, just friggin' hang on and you win. You get every toy that you ever told Santa about. <laughs> damn, it is that easy. 
Easy meaning simple, not easy meaning effortless, because have you ever bitten down like a Rottweiler for extended periods of time like that? No one is going to say it's easy to keep that kind of grip, but that's the trick of it. That's really the trick of it. Just hang on. Dream up whatever ridiculous thing you would be and then just hang on as it bucks and shakes and pushes and kicks and spits and eventually it'll get tired. And then it's yours, but only if you can hang on. It's not even really complicated. Believe enough to keep it when everyone else could really care less, or worse still, when they think that you're wrong or subpar or whatever the hell the weapon of mass destruction is these days. It's all an ego war. How can you be the conquering hero of your ridiculous dream if you're of such fragile constitution? It just doesn't work that way. You'll be weeded out. You have to believe in it, in the dark, in the corner, by yourself, having been by yourself for four hours after even the latest of workaholics have gone home. You have to still believe in it like a hundred thousand cities are as we speak, naming buildings after your noble and enlightening self. Just hang on to it or it will get away and fly off and be free of you and then you'll just be able to watch it hover up there and admire it from afar. And if that happens, well then it's twice as hard because then to get it back, you damn will have to learn how to fly too. And hey, I'm not saying that that's impossible. Nothing is impossible. Some things just require a little more grindstone time. Anyway, you know what? This is going on way too long. I have chapters to write and screenplays to write and grant proposals to finish and speaking tours to line up and cliffside houses on the Amalfi Coast to research. You know. Fly, fall, be prepared for it all, and you can't go wrong if you just hang on. Wow, Will, that was an excellent job, as usual. I, I really, really am enjoying those, those lessons, and um, I thank you very much for that. Well, thanks. You know what? What? It's uh, the end of our fifth podcast. Is it just me, or does it really, really go by fast? It goes by I'm so fast. Surprised. I know. I'm, I'm, I'm always, always surprised at the end. I'm looking at the clock. I'm like, we gotta, we gotta get this in. We gotta get this in. So, and, and it's just, just very fun. So, I, I appreciate having you as a partner. Oh, that was sweet. Well, okay. igualmente. <laughs> <laughs> I think that means uh, you too or me too or same yeah. thing or something. Ditto. <laughs> um, all right, so um, we we need to say goodbye now. Okay, guys. Well, um, it's been another wonderful show, so I guess we'll see you next week. And uh, this is Iron Well signing off. And this is the Trigi Kahuna saying aloha and mahalo. And it's that time again to thank our sponsors for Get Your Geek On. This week, we'd like to thank the Spandex King, Laura Leah Banks, Paul Rawlings, and, of course, our very own Canada Pat, Tech Advisor to the Stars. And if you want to play a small role in sponsoring uh, Get Your Geek On, you can click the um, Donate button on either Iron Will or my website, which will um, the address will come up in a second. And, again... We're not looking to make money on this thing. We're just looking to dig out of the um, the red. Actually, we've, we've raised um, about $200, which put a nice dent in our expenses. And we have a, we have 16 sponsors now. So um, thank you very, very much. And another way, too, if you'd like to become part of the show, we also have a Spreadshirt uh, t-shirt shop available. So if you'd like to uh, get a little something more for your money, then... Uh, Feel free to order a shirt with our logo on it for, for Get Your Geek On, and that address is getyourgeekon.spreadshirt.com. And they're very, very cool shirts, so you get a lot for your money. <laughs> Definitely. So, All right, guys, thanks again. We'll see you next week. And now let's get down to the business. 
Get Your Geek On is sponsored by NEFSA. For all your web hosting, domain, and design needs, NEFSA is your solution. Visit NEFSA.com or call 877-99-NEPSA. For comments, suggestions, or sponsorship inquiries, or to submit a soundbite for our next show, visit the sidebar of TryGeekStreams.com or through TH3Wall.com for more information. Get Your Geek On is a production of Iron Geek New Media. Now, stay tuned for our most wicked moments. Still in love with Stu. He might be my new crush. <laughs> Don't tell Robo. <laughs> okay. Okay. Sorry, I was down in my okay. Um, <laughs> I don't have any freaking tequila. What's the point? Okay, let's hope this uh, recorded. Hang on. Excellent. <laughs>